you're several weeks ahead of us and does it get does it get um depressing no 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 i want to give a a positive message because when you change the main thing is get used to change your habits but then you discover that you can you can live your life in different ways Welcome to And Then Everything Changed, a podcast about the pivotal moments in life and the decisions that define us. I'm your host, Ronit Plank. Things change so quickly. Uh, I feel like every day a new story or a new statistic about COVID-19 has hit the news, and I find myself laughing at how dumb I was back in early February when I was coughing a lot and my kids asked me if I had coronavirus. They were only half joking, but they'd give me the side eye and say, do you have coronavirus, mom? And I'd be like, no, it's in China. And now I'm just like, did I have it? I did go to the doctor at the time and got a flu test, which was excruciating. Have you guys had those? That's when the, you know, the big gold cotton swab goes all the way up practically to the inside of your brains. And then you feel it there for like an hour after. And that was negative, but that wasn't a test for coronavirus. So obviously I wouldn't have known if I had it. So if I had it back in February, and I only mentioned that because I had pretty bad coughing and asthma more than usual, um, I was spreading it around like crazy. You know, I'm a substitute teacher occasionally, and I have my own classroom where I teach, and who knows? Um, so then when we realized it was coming over to Washington, we thought we had a couple of cases. I thought they were only at a nursing home. And then lo and behold, that that was being spread within our community rampantly without our knowing it and spreading back to the East Coast. And I thought, well, California is safe. And then California started sprouting all these cases. And I don't know what the reason was for the misunderstanding. I don't know if our government wasn't letting us know or if um, we just were very naive. I'm not sure. So the situation is evolving so quickly. And I thought, you know, maybe it would be a good idea to talk to people I know and family who live everywhere and just find out how is the COVID-19 response there? What are they thinking? What do they worry about? What makes them feel a little bit better? And, and you know, what are they doing to pass the time? Um, I don't want my podcast to feel like it's not relevant. And I worried that my episodes, which I have planned don't speak to COVID-19 because as I recorded them, I had no idea this was going to happen. So this is my answer to the relevance question and to just reach out to the people I care about and my listeners who I know enjoy this program and give you some more content that is extremely relevant and probably will be completely out of date as soon as it publishes because things are moving so fast. Um, As always, please subscribe and please rate and review. And more importantly, even than that, please share this podcast with your friends. Um, If you like it, they all probably like it. And not only that, sometimes there are topics in this podcast that can really inform people who are going through similar experiences. Take good care of yourself. Please wash your hands. And um, remember, it's always darkest before the dawn. 
I'm speaking with Cesare Spadaccini, who is a consultant in Milan. Thank you for being here, Cesare. Thank you. So how are things going from your perspective in Milan? Well, the situation here in Italy, it's kind of crazy uh, in the sense that since, let's say, two weeks ago, uh, there was a very small acknowledgement of uh, how serious this this virus was. Uh, In newspapers and in television, they were, of course, uh, talking about this new virus. But people uh, didn't feel it uh, something near. Uh, but uh, by the around twenty fifth of February, uh, in very very quick manner, the situation changed completely because we we started uh, discovering some uh, cases of people uh, affected with the virus. And in a very short um, term of time, the the virus was spread. Uh, The first uh, town affected by by the virus was a small town not far from Milano called Codogno, uh, which is a village that pretty pretty no one in Italy used to know before now. And now, of course, uh, everyone knows. The authority... Mm -hmm decided to lock down this village to force the people to stay in house. Police and army came in order to to lock down. The perceptive was that um, with these um, measures, you could uh, contain the virus just inside that area. Of course, this this solution did not work because the virus was already here. So it's about two weeks that everybody is talking about when the virus came, how it reached to be pretty much everywhere. But now this is a fact. So uh, as always in Italy, uh, solutions come lately, but they ultimately come. <laughs> Now it's 10 10 days that everyone is locked, literally locked, inside his house. So we have a complete and total lockdown in the country. And I have to say that the situation now is is kind of uh, quiet because people, um, everyone, uh, old people and young people, are actually understanding how Im- how important it is to respect these measures and uh, try are trying to do their best in order to to complete with that mm-hmm. so everyone is uh, just inside his house uh, all the families are separated children um, of course stay with their parents but people of different ages cannot reach each other's family, and uh, the only thing they can do is just to go uh, to supermarket in order to make the shopping necessary to surviving. Uh, everybody is, is working, of course, uh, by its home, so it's something that we are not really used to. Uh, 
-hmm. And so it will be something that we we use also for the future because pretty much all the jobs can be can be done by homeworking. Mm-hmm. This is something quite new for us. But we can, we are discovering that there is a lot of things that we can do. So uh, just to make a short uh, situation, it's uh, it's crazy, but it's under uh, a certain control. So do you think that the people that you know, for the most part, are in agreement that this is the only way to handle the situation now? Yeah, sure, it is like this. Uh, Also, on social network, we see many many people that is getting um, mad when they see someone walking in the street, when they see someone um, going to the park. There are some circumstances of this, but very few, to be honest, because people are getting very responsible. My main uh, discover was that people, also Italians, that, that are typically, uh, uh, let's say, rebels to rules, <laughs> are getting very responsible in this. And it's something that surprised me. It surprised you that people finally understood Yes, yes. The way that people are getting responsible to to this, because really, uh, we we understood that this is the only way. So now we are watching to other countries where where the governments uh, made uh, different choices, where people are kind of living a normal life, and I think they they <laughs> will regret this. Yes. And, you know, I'm not sure if you know this, but in our country, people are always talking now. The government is always talking about Italy and how Italy is a week or two ahead of the U.S. Um, did you know that people talk about Italy as an example? Yeah, I, I know because I have, uh, I have a brother who lives in U.K. I have friends who, who live in other countries of the world. Somebody wrote me because they, I understand that the news that people have abroad uh, about the Italian situation are confused. It may be confusing because they, they think that we are living a very bad um, like health situation, mm-hmm. which is kind of true. I don't want to, to, to give... Um, wrong messages like the situation in the hospitals in Italy it's critical mm-hmm. because as everybody knows virus make many people um, especially the the elder people to be to be in the hospital and we have a, a kind of actual problem with uh, the number of the hospital um, beds in order to 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 to, to make all the, the 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 people that need to be in the in hospital bed. Yes. But except except of that being uh, luckily outside and far from hospitals, we um we we live in a kind of normal way, and we we understand that this is the only way to 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 stop the the spread of the virus. Right. And does your government talk at all about, are they even yet able to talk about how long they think these measures will be in place? 
the government gives a like daily a, like an update of the of the statistics and the latest updates say that we ha- have not reached the the max the maximum of the, the of the peak of the of the advantage and so we probably need uh, to wait one week more to see this stop and then we probably we will have to wait a couple of weeks more in order to 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 have the the curve definitely going down as as the China nowadays. Actually, China has a little bit of good news right now, just because I hear some of their life is returning to normal a little bit. Sure, sure. Of course, they are, they are ahead in many in many ways, and of course, they have uh, recourses that we maybe don't have now. But still, uh, we we see them as an example now of they they, they implemented a very strong uh, solution. No? people was forced. A military force to stay locked, yeah. but it worked. Of course, it worked. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that Americans, I think Americans have a little bit of the same rebellious spirit that you talk about uh, with Italians. I mean, different, but in in the U.S., people were very relaxed about this, and they keep thinking if they just go to certain states that they'll be safer. You know. Um, because some states in the country don't have as many reported cases. I'm in Seattle, which has, which up until the other day was the number one state. But that we don't even have the testing that we should have. We don't even have tests readily available yet. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. But my opinion is that many people probably ha- have or had the virus without even knowing it. Especially yeah. young people, strong people, and what else? And so also here, n- today there was a, a, an article on our main newspaper uh, which said that probably the real number are 10 times or even 20 or 30 times more than the official ones. The, the fatality rate, how they call it, it's, it's lower than, than the official, but still... The numbers are very, very, very uh, big and, of course, dangerous. Is it hard to stay positive? Because I know we're at the beginning of no school and we're at the beginning of no restaurant, no bar, no sport facilities. Today, the government said no indoor recreation. Um, so you're several weeks ahead of us. And does it get, does it get um, depressing? No, no, no. I want to give a, a positive message because when you change, the main thing is get used to change your habits. But then you discover that you can you can live your life in different ways. No, I give you some example. Now we we have we have like um, through some apps on the iPhone or computer, like the chance to have. Uh, virtual as we ca- as we call aperitivo which is like like happy hour with friends yes. yeah <laughs> it's kind of weird but uh, i mean the idea is the same of uh, actually meeting up uh, each other no yeah. so we do these things in order to not to lose the contact with other people which is something very important mm-hmm. uh, in university i i am a teacher in uh, university in milan and 
of course, the university is very uh, has the technology to do many things that maybe until five or ten years ago it would be impossible to do. And now I have like every two or three days a, a contact with all my students with uh, like a kind of uh, Skype, and we have lessons like this. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's not uh, the same as to be uh, face on face, but you you can have a, still a contact. You can have a, give your lessons, and they can give you questions, and you can answer. So we try to do all we can do in order to uh, not lose our normality. Yes, something like this. Yes, and yeah. do you think do you think that when we come out of this, do you think that the Italian people, or at least the people in Milan, will be different? Do you think that this will change life in a way forever? <laughs> That's a good question. I believe that, of course, uh, people will um, will take with them uh, something about this experience. So, in a way, they, they will change forever. Hopefully, in a, in a good way. I'm sure it will be in a good way. Because every time you face uh, a crisis, you have um, an opportunity to, to make a change. i give you another example of this. There are uh, two, a couple of uh, popular Italians. One is Chiara Ferragni. Maybe you know also, also her US. Mm-hmm. A popular influencer, as they call. Mm-hmm. Her and his her husband, which is a singer, made a, a kind of appeal through Instagram in order to raise money for a, an hospital here in Milan. And in uh, let's say three or four days, they were able of raising up to four point five million euro. Wow through a huge fundraising campaign raised and they gave this money to this hospital in order to enforce the the, the facilities of the hospitals in order to to make more beds for the people that need to get uh, recovered mhm so we can see good things like with with people we can always see some good things Yes, surprisingly sometimes, but 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 yes. <laughs> surprisingly sometimes, that's true. Um, Chazar, thank you so much for taking time out of your your life, your new life in quarantine, to um, to share with listeners what life is like for you. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate too, and thank you for inviting me and taking part of this. Yeah, you take good care of yourself. I will do my best. Hang on. I didn't know I had to hit something. Okay, here we go. I was talking back to you that whole time, but you probably didn't hear me. Okay. The voice you're hearing is my sister, who is uh, my one and only sister, who has agreed to do this interview with me. Um, She is an actress and a voiceover artist and she's a writer and an improviser and a mother and she lives in Los Angeles. So aside from being my sister who I want to talk to about the COVID-19 situation, she's also in Los Angeles, which is reacting in its own way. 
Welcome, Donna. Oh, hi, Needy. Thank you. Oh, I should call you Ronit. <laughs> no, it's But fine. I haven't called you Ronit in 20 years. Okay. <laughs> so, hi. Uh, hi. So, dear listeners, I'm sure you're hearing the beautiful sound quality of her voice. Um, it's <laughs> very distracting. Um, so... Donna, I can't tell if you're making fun of me. No, not. <laughs> I don't, okay. I don't know how far we're going to get. Um, Donna, uh, did I leave anything out of your description that you'd like to add? Mm, ping pong player. <laughs> uh, my husband has set up a ping pong. Our dining room table. Our dining room is now a game room, and our table is turned into a ping pong. Uh, table. And so I feel like I've played a lot of ping pong already <laughs> in this quarantine. <laughs> and okay, so how old are your boys? They are eight and 10 years old. And how are they um, doing? They're very athletic and like super oh high God. energy. Those are my nephews I'm talking about. And yeah. I love them so much. And so how are they handling this? And when did you hear I about think, the quarantine? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it didn't really become real for them until we told them that baseball was canceled. Like their little league season is everything to them. And so I think that's when they were like, what, what is this? So Mm. we, we, it's just every day. I'm sure everyone's saying the same thing. It's like every day is different. I was thinking last Sunday, I was not worried at all. Mm. And now it's Sunday and I'm like, Oh, we are, we're definitely going to be in the house for weeks at a time. And hopefully everybody's okay that we know and love. Um, Let's see. So we we heard, I think, um, really, it's been like Friday or Saturday. Friday night, we heard that schools were closed. Mm-hmm. So the next uh, three weeks, schools are closed. And up until so, then, were people taking it seriously? Like, I mean, your friends and stuff? Like, where are you on the scale of concern? Okay, so I'm, I'm in a writer's room right now for an NBC show. And, you know, I think Los Angeles is very um, – it's an interesting – place to be right now because it's generally a selfish town <laughs> like always you don't say no so, so really um <laughs> and uh I think it's gotten really really selfish in the last few weeks so everyone um has <laughs> been really concerned in this business I mean people stopped coming into work not in my office but um we were all troopers but like I think NBC Universal stopped coming like Wednesday and I mean, they couldn't even get like a notes call for a script. So mm. things are things are pretty much shut down. And I mean, grocery stores are emptied. It's it's I think what everybody's experiencing now. But but um, but friends and neighbors have been lovely and you know helpful. So are you that's still cool. are you still like are you keeping your distance from neighbors that you talked to just a couple of days ago, or do you feel Honestly, like you've already swapped the like, terms? It, it I don't you know. Like yesterday, we were still planning, a few friends and I were going to get dinner together at a restaurant Monday night, and we were mm-hmm. still planning on it. And then today, it's like, it even shifted overnight. Now today, everyone's saying like social distance. I'm not seeing anybody. We're on lockdown in our own mm-hmm. houses. So it's Well, you really, guys got the message so quick. Rapid. Yeah, you guys yeah, got the well, message quick because I feel like in I Seattle. So. Well, we, yeah. like for me, when we first got the um, the note that like school was closed, I was like, all right, play dates forever. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it moved to, oh, maybe that's not a great idea. And, you know, well, okay, let's go to France or let's go to New Zealand. <laughs> We're not going to do that. Uh, no. And then it became like, wait a minute, the kids should probably not see friends and I shouldn't even have someone over for a movie. Uh, and then the was, way, there's yeah. a friend over right now, <laughs> my house, and my elder son is at someone else's house. Well, so we we just got the message. You know what? You sent that that you know great information last night about mm-hmm. social distancing, and Mike and I were my husband and I were like, oh yeah, like probably not the best plan. So we're gonna go 
return this kid and collect <laughs> our kid. And then like from then on, we are not going to do playdates, but we had about three kids over yesterday. Okay, wait. So I guess I have we're to- slow to get the message. But have- once we got the message, now we're in, we're all in. I have to admit yeah. that there's a another kid at my house right now that doesn't belong okay. to me. And my kid is at another house right now. Oh, good. Okay. I don't feel so bad. <laughs> I, I was not going to admit that, but I feel like in, in the interest <laughs> of- I did, now you can. <laughs> in the interest of trust between you and trust in the listener, like I have to say that. But yeah. But well, it you- seems hard to, I mean, basically these are social, they're even more social than us. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be so hard on everyone. Yeah. Mostly me to have it be just <laughs> us for, you know, I mean, how are we going to do that? Right. I well, a friend of mine rented an RV and she's taking off with her daughter today, but I don't know. Like also there's the concern for older folks, like older people. Mm -hmm. Like I have a couple of friends whose parents are traveling. Some of them are in Florida and she just told her parents, get out of there and go back to Illinois now before things get even worse. And they're like taking their time. But we're also wondering about travel restrictions out of Washington since we are currently the epicenter. I don't know if we're going to like, lose out to like California or New York soon. I'm not sure. Um, I hope you don't lose. <laughs> I know. Wait, I don't even know what <laughs> you I know meant. You know how competitive you are? No, <laughs> well, uh, it's just... I don't know. I, I've heard that too, that I've heard... There's also so much, right? That's so much information that I'm hearing. Like, I don't even know sources anymore. It's just, mm-hmm. well, I heard schools are closed till summer. That's something I heard yesterday. I also heard domestic flights are done like this week. Mm-hmm. But then... But then there's no actual information coming down to us from any sort of government source that's saying any of right. this. So, well, how is know. how is it going in your like in LA? Like, do you feel like you're hearing anything positive from the powers that be? Are they giving you information at all? Or all I'm hearing, and again, it's like kind of from friends who are talking, like who have jobs where they are talking to the CDC, mm-hmm. is just that the idea is just to like you know stop the curve, so lower, so yeah. shutting down now will hopefully help everything. Um, stay low, keep our numbers down, but I'm not hearing anything like official, official now. Mm-hmm. So I and do think it's good that we're on it right now and shutting down, but I, you know, obviously it's going to get worse before it gets better. So, well, That's I think I'm hearing. I, I've been talking a little bit about the idea that it's, it's maybe hard for us to, we don't have the giant explosion happening yet of cases. And so we're sort of like mm-hmm. having to follow instructions to kind of keep the curve down. And so we're like hoping that this will stop it from getting worse. And I think as long as people buy in, we're good. But I wonder how many people across the country don't buy in yet, because I feel right. like Washington buys in, California buys in, and I feel like New York is buying in, but I'm not sure. Like, I'm still wondering. Well, not everywhere either. I mean, here, like, I've, I mean, you know, all the gatherings over 250 have been called off and canceled and smaller things are being canceled, but like the Rose Bowl pool is still open, which feels like a really bad idea. Yeah. Really bad idea. And like our gymnastics camp that we were supposed to go to, I was telling you before, is not closed down. Like they won't close. So it seems like not everybody's buying in. It's slowly kind of, I think, getting out there, like, don't do this, you know, don't, yeah. don't mingle and don't. But I know a friend who had a birthday party yesterday. She threw yeah. her daughter a birthday party and a few people canceled, but she still had 10 kids over. I, I don't know. know. 
you know, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine had a birthday party at one of those. It's it's called. It, uh, I guess I shouldn't name it, but it's like a trampoline, bouncy, oh, yeah. uh, sponge laser. pit, ball pit, so like, right? And even a couple of weeks ago, we were like, oh, that's kind of gross. But now yeah. that I think about exactly right? how much transference, how many germs went flying, and how I mean, I oh, guess yeah. it's safe to say we probably all have it, or most of us have it, and we're that's just. But it's like hard to believe, like. Do we? You know, I mean, yeah. I, I well, don't it's know. more like it's like it's a strange thing because I was just talking to the other person who's going to be one of the other people who's going to be on this episode, Sergio, and he, you know, we were talking about how you're really trying to make sure that people don't overrun the hospitals, that we right. take care of our healthcare workers. Like it's for that reason that mm-hmm. I can stay home, you know, and of course it's a new normal. I mean, what I can still do is walk the dogs. I mm-hmm. potentially could still go on a hike if anyone would do that with me or if I actually went hiking. Um, yes. I can go to- <laughs> start, Sounds- start with you. I'm going to start with myself. I, I said to the, to today, I was like, guys, I think we should go on a hike. It's been raining here for like a week and it's supposed to rain all this week. So it's like, today's like our last chance. They all looked at me like I was. <laughs> Like an evil witch, maybe. Face. I, I, I was like, guys, really, we're not going to get a chance. There's like a waterfall at this hike, and we could go. Like, it's got boulders you can climb. Nothing, nothing. I'm a monster. Yeah. So, what are you afraid of? Like, what do you fear the most right now, Bunny? My, I'm sorry, Donna. <laughs> uh, the truth is out. Um, I also call her Neatball. Now everyone knows. Uh, let's see. I'm your host, Neatball. <laughs> And I'm her sister, Bunny. Um, so what do I fear? That Well, I guess there are a few things. We have some elderly neighbors who are not that well. So I am a little... And by the way, he cleared our gutters yesterday. He's like Whoa. the sweetest I know. And so we're... And, they, and his daughter bought us food. Mike was like, I can't find canned food anywhere. And she went to the store and got us food. So they're the most lovely oh, people. Boy. I worry a little bit about their their health and... And us keep like everybody keeping distance, you know, and also not freaking them out. So mm-hmm. that's one thing is like just our friends with parents who are close by who are, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm should knock on something. I'm going to knock on wood. I'm not worried about us getting sick. Only that like, what if we get something else? Like what if my kids while they're rollerblading in our driveway fall and break something? Well, mm-hmm. now I don't, I'm not like, what do we do? We can't mm-hmm. really go to urgent care or the hospitals or I don't know. So that's exactly the like concern. That, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I think about like if someone actually gets sick and then you, you know, you try not to go to the hospital or if someone's appendix or, you know, right. any of those things. I, I hope that these social distancing measures really work. And I think it, it might yeah. also be sort of peer pressure. Like if your friends are all canceling and saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, I keep thinking you're in LA and you said that you think it's kind of a selfish town. And I feel like what is going to happen to all these people who are used to being seen out and doing things and posting. And I guess we're going to get a whole bunch of like live Instagram feeds of people like in their home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There'll be plenty of posts. They're not going to stop. No, no, exactly. I also wonder about, you know, what do you think about entertainment right now? And like, Mm -hmm. do you want to listen to things that are talking about this? Or do you feel more like you want distractions? It's yeah, I think mostly I want distraction. I want information. And then I want to be distracted from the information. You know, and I imagine most people feel that way. It's like, I want to be updated. And I want to know what's going on. But then I don't want to have to stay up all night thinking about it. I want to like, watch something funny or hear something, you know, 
mysterious about mm-hmm. something else. So mm-hmm. Mike is actually husband is uh <laughs> I know he's your husband. I'm just saying for your listeners, um, <laughs> who's this Mike guy? Uh that that he's making something uh <laughs> called Isolation the Home Game. And <laughs> it's gonna be like basically all these different games you can play with your kids at home, like a, kind of a fun way to do a scavenger hunt. And Ooh. so he's he's really on the entertainment bent. He's like, okay, we gotta help people. We gotta um, he wanted to do like quarantine caroling. So like <laughs> go outside and don't like, just like, like ring the bell with a piece of paper or something <laughs> and, then, like, and then stand outside and sing something positive. Um, so Wait, is he going to like actually like list ideas somewhere? Is there a place yes, that listeners can is. find he's Is there a place to find it? Like, should they follow him? I don't know him? where he's going to do it. Um, yeah, you could totally follow him. Sometime uh, when you know where to, well, you know what we could do? We well, could put it in the show him. notes. We could put yeah, it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes. But he's a kid entertainer, so he's like on it, you know. Ooh. And he's gonna he's gonna have all this fun stuff. He's M Firm on Instagram, so it's M P H I R M. But okay, um, I'm imagining that's where he'll put most of his great ideas. Okay, so. that's a good idea. Um, we should mm-hmm. probably he's yes. So if you've got kids at home and you need to listen to music and do games, that's a really good resource. What about food? Let's just talk about food before I I let you go. Are you doing casseroles? Like what is your, what's happening there? In terms of food, we, we did several runs and it was really, really like mm-hmm. wiped out. So we just have a real odd assortment of like pickled vegetables and things that we could mm-hmm. find. mysterious. <laughs> like a lot of pickled stuff from our local <laughs> Armenian market. And, um, you know, but I was like, oh, we're down to six eggs. Like, do you go out and get more eggs? Or are you like, no, you don't go to the grocery store. And I was like, I don't know where we're at yet. You know? Well... I think based on the Seattle plan here, people are still going to the grocery store when they need to. I just think you need to really wash your hands. Take care of yourself. Get some food. Stay healthy. But just don't touch your face while you're at the grocery store and wash your hands when you get home and don't touch anything and don't spread anything. And that's it. (laughs) Then you'll be fine. Great. Easy peasy. Stop stop breathing. Stop breathing. Scratching my nose as we're talking. I'm always touching my face. It's it's, (laughs) No, no, no. Don't. So hard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Donna, thank you so much for um, doing this with me. This is really too fun. It was super fun. So fun. Uh, You're the best. I love your show. You're the best. Um, So on the line with me right now is Sergio Lorian, who I went to college with and did Godspell with. And Sergio, you live in Denmark, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm in Copenhagen now. Okay. And so how long have you been living there? Uh, it's coming up on seven years in, in Denmark. Uh-huh. And so have you? did you move there for love or for work? Yeah. I'm a love refugee. So uh, I met my partner and we were long distance for about a year and a half. But uh, you know, because of the existence of my fabulous stepkids, it was always going to be me relocating. And uh, yeah. Uh, so after about a year and a half, I moved over here. So how do you like living in Copenhagen? Oh, I love it. I I love it. Yeah. I mean, I I love it and it suits me more and more every day. It feels like, you know, it's uh, it's, it's really just wonderful here. I mean, obviously there were a lot of adjustments getting here, but after about four years of, you know, appreciating it kind of as a semi-tourist, that's when it started to feel like home. And ever since then, it's just been a, a really intense love affair with with Copenhagen, the city, and Denmark. And do you do you and your partner get over to the U.S. at all, or do you kind of just let people visit you there? Well, no, I I come to the U.S. quite a lot, you know, I, I, you know, because I I still miss 
so much about the United States and, and New York specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you worried about your family at all in the U.S. right now with the COVID-19? Um, I think like everyone else, I'm worried about the older members of my family. You know, I'm worried about my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, my dad is also a bit of a rebel. So uh, when they say uh, uh, stay home and stuff, he's just like, no, no, but I'll still go to the gym and stuff. And uh, and that that worries me. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a dad like that who I think my dad's a vegan and he runs races. He runs marathons. Um, and he I don't think he understood until I basically I said <laughs> For God's sakes, you got to stop hugging people, Dad. You know, like I don't think he, I don't think I think he thinks because he is in such good health that he's fine. Um, and I do think it might be a little generational too. Yeah, I mean, I can understand the mentality also with with you know having a challenge understanding this high incubation period mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, if I feel a little sick, well, then I'll stay home. By then, it'll have been too late, right? And that's something where. Even I had a, a bit of trouble wrapping my head around that at first, where it's like, you know, if I get the sniffles, then I'll stay home. But, you know, that's that's really not where where we're at right now. It's also really trying, I find, because now that I'm reading news that says you could be infecting people well, well, well before you show symptoms, then there's this argument that I've heard, which was, well, then why don't we just let it go where it needs to go? Everyone gets infected and we'll see what happens, right? Because it's so hard to avoid it. But that means that there are going to be these really weakened people who can fight it suffering greatly. This is not, this is, it's got a really bad, bad trajectory in people who can't fight it. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, and I think we also don't know what's going to happen. You know, we, we don't know uh, in, in different times, you know, if, if it's going to start, you know, who it's going to start affecting or, or how it's going to overtake the healthcare system or the burden that it's going to put on the, on healthcare workers themselves. So it's, it becomes a very, uh, how do we say it? Like a survival of the fittest approach saying, let it go where it's going to yeah. go. But the whole idea is let's, let's buy some time until there's a vaccine or a cure, uh, to make sure that our healthcare workers are taken care of by the community as they're working to take care of us. Yeah. I completely think that even if you're someone who's resistant to self-isolating and social distancing, the thought of overrunning our hospitals, uh, kind of eliminating the extra resources for people who really need it, taking care of our healthcare workers. And really one of the arguments as well is what if someone is, you know, really in need of an emergency surgery, if there is no one there to help them because everyone is sick or um, tapped out from working on the coronavirus, then we are going to all feel it. You know, it's like it, it is a selfish act at this point, I think, to go out and spread it. Uh, you're exactly right. You know, it, it, the, the resources are so uh, focused as they should be on, on fighting this, uh, this pandemic, but people are still going to twist their ankles or, or you know, have, have other uh, conditions that require them to go to, to uh, the hospital. And you know, okay, a twisted ankle maybe isn't isn't so serious, but you know, any any little mm-hmm. any little thing that goes no, like an appendix wrong, that, or you know, yeah. you're like let's say you have regular pneumonia, you know, like anything. Um, yeah, broken arm, you know, anything that has to be reset. Yeah. those things take resources, and and if they're just not there, these things then the 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 effects of that are going to reverberate. You know, yeah. How how has the response been in Denmark? Well, this is where this is where I think. You know, as an immigrant, I get a perspective. You know, I get the the contrast, and I I think for me, I you know, my love affair with with Denmark has only heightened in the last couple of days because the response has been 
I guess you could say from certain perspectives, it's been extreme, but it's, uh, I'll call it decisive mm-hmm. uh, and quick. Um, you know, Denmark shut, uh, a lot of countries are shutting down their borders. Denmark shut uh, our borders down a few days ago. Uh, the the prime minister came on and gave what I thought was just the most reassuring of speeches saying, you know, schools are closed. The You know, all public institutions are closed. All uh, public workers are asked to work from home. And, and luckily, we make use of a lot of technologies that make that possible. Um, so, you know, and, and everyone who, all private uh, employees that can work from home are encouraged to work from home. We can't force companies to do that, mm-hmm. but uh, but we really, really encourage it. And, uh, you know, and that's it's something that I think just immediately we we started working from home. You know, we started saying, okay, but let's, I mean, right now I'm, I'm in my stepdaughter's room she's she's staying at her mother's mm-hmm. uh in my stepdaughter's room and uh i've set up her uh, little desk as my as my temporary <laughs> workspace it's hilarious i was facetiming with her earlier she's like and I, I showed her i showed her what i had done and she's like all right well <laughs> you know you made a mess of it i'm like i really haven't i tidied it up <laughs> that's pretty cute uh, that's adorable. do you have like fuzzy slippers on too or little pink bathroom no, or anything but, uh, I I I have I've got this gray hoodie on that that seems to be like you know over my over my shirt always just to, it's like a <laughs> oh I know like element of posing before I work <laughs> oh I know I was like there's like no like zhuzhing up going on over here at this house like uh, it's really liberating in many ways um so oh yeah do you feel like you know I've never been there and I wonder like you know to Denmark and and I wonder is there a pretty strong herd mentality there like in terms of let's listen to the government or is this an unusual response Ooh, uh, it's a fantastic question I I really bristle at the herd mentality view mm-hmm. because there's so there's so much nuance that goes into it there is a stronger sense of community than individuality, which I think has a has a there's an emphasis on individuality for Americans, you know, stand out and mm-hmm. be an influencer and that sort of thing. Where uh, standing out too much is kind of looked down upon. It's like, okay, you're trying too hard, kid. Mm-hmm. It's all about the community, and that really you feel that in times like this, where everyone is quick to acknowledge. Uh, you know, I would never hear a Dane or any anyone living in Denmark saying, "Let's let this thing ride out." Everyone's view is more, yeah, we're we're all ready to do our part to mm-hmm. to tackle this together. Um, and that's really reassuring. But I would say that there's a lot that goes into that trust. You know, you also in the in the World Corruption Index, Denmark is the least corrupt country in the world. So there is a lot of trust of public institutions. When the prime minister goes goes on TV and says, "Hey, this is serious. We're going to all do our part, and and we're going to put together uh, some some uh, uh, some regulations and some some packages to try to first of all uh, fix this crisis and try to mitigate the effects of this crisis after the fact." You know, the country is just sort of saying, "Yeah, tell tell us what to do. We're 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 ready to follow. You know, we're ready to to do our part as well." Yeah. So I, it's I wouldn't say it's quite a herd mentality, but I would say it's like a sense of responsibility for the community be, that extends very aggressively beyond yourself. I really wish I felt more of that here um, in the U.S. I think I also think that because I'm in Washington and we have been sort of the epicenter up until now, I feel like we feel it more acutely than the people in different states. Although I know it's starting to seep into the other people I'm talking, you know, California is starting to feel it. New York is really starting to feel it. I think, uh, I think that our information from our government has not been like your information. And I don't think at least the people I'm talking with feel confident in the leadership and, and even in the message, the public address that our president recently gave, you know? 
Yeah, you know, I, I obviously I, I you know I follow you carefully and, and other friends in in the Washington, California, New York, and uh, the sense that I get is this this feeling that I get here in Denmark of that the community bands together to do its part. Um, and that is sort of from the leadership down. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's kind of inverted in <laughs> what I'm what I'm perceiving out of Washington, where the community bands together and says, "All right, guys, let's inform each other and let's see what we can do for each other." And and I, you know, I I think it's there's there's lots of individual stories that give me hope, mm-hmm. but I agree with you that I, I would love to have seen more decisive and humane. Uh, leadership coming from our elected officials in the United States. Mm-hmm. And and uh, one final question, just in terms of the financial climate. You know, how do you feel about the financial climate in Europe, or in you know, how do you think Copenhagen's going to do? Like, do you worry about the effects of this whole? Basically, this is a shutdown. Um. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that, yes, I worry about it. Of course I worry about it. In my line of work, you know, I I work with actual remote meeting platforms built with a multilingual facility, you know, remote simultaneous interpretation so that people can meet remotely uh, across language barriers. Cool. So we've seen like a major uptick in, uh, in interest and and request. You're like the perfect, you couldn't be in a better (laughs) position. You know, but it, there's also a sense of responsibility. And on the one hand, that that's it's it's a nice story, but I, again, going with like this, you know, adapting to the Danish way, it, it's more it feels more like a responsibility to do my part to sort mm-hmm. of say, hey, if you need to migrate your work onto our platforms, talk to us. Let's see if we can help you do this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this we're, we're working really hard, but we're also feeling that there's a purpose behind it, which I think is really meaningful. Um, you know, that being said. It, businesses even even businesses that that are useful in times like this they are dependent on other businesses uh working yeah and so and so you know you, of course we're looking down the, the pike and seeing what's this going to look like in a few months mm-hmm. my hope is that the decisive action by the government and of course this remains to be seen but the decisive action of the government the aggressive action of the government will really um buy us enough time to turn things back to a, a new a new shade of normalcy mm-hmm. uh, faster than we would had we worked reactively instead of proactively. Yep. Yep. I think we're, we're kind of, we have to all buy into the worst case scenario to make the, the solution work. Right. I mean, isn't it, isn't it a beautiful thing to think about that months from now we may look back and say we overreacted and the truth underneath it is, uh, you know, I'd rather overreact and say, "Okay, well, we came out of this unscathed," than underreact and and be and be cleaning up a shitstorm forever. Yep, one hundred percent. And I I got some some hope out of a story that China is starting to return to normal and that um, people are going back to work and things are starting to feel a little bit better. And you know, if China if China can do it, like that's really positive. Yeah, you know, I I think we I, I think we're starting to see. A lot of uh, governments in a lot of countries, you know, take these decisive actions and these sort of more more extreme measures uh, to c- curtail the spread, and uh, and it does give me hope that we are buying time so that we can make things uh, easier and, and alleviate the you know long term effects of this. Yeah, thank you for 
making time last minute to talk with me. It's so great. It's, I feel so, I feel like I really like got some like prize cause I got to talk with you cause you're my friend. And then I also got to have you on the show. No, it's uh, the pleasure is mine. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of, of the podcast and, and of course being so far away, it, 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 it connects me to, to so much that's going on. There's, there's so much universality of what we're doing and, and this crisis is also very universal as well. So I think, um, you know, I, I think uh, it's it's a pleasure to speak to someone who who uh, you know can bring us together and and, uh, and and share this like human side of the story. Thanks, Sergio. I hope you take really good care of yourself. And um, it's really wonderful to think of you at your stepdaughter's desk <laughs> working through this crisis. <laughs> like so cute. Um, please take care of yourself. And, you know, of course, I'll, I'll be seeing you on Facebook and stuff and we'll, we'll keep tabs on each other. Yeah, Ronit, you take good care also and take good care of your people. I will. Thanks, Sergio. with my aunt Sharon, who I adore, and she is my mom's sister. And Sharon, let me just, so the listeners know a little bit about you. Um, can you talk a little bit about where you grew up? I grew up in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, in um, an area near all the water in Brooklyn, uh, Brighton Beach, Coney Island, um, in Sheepshead Bay, and I'm born and bred in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And have you always lived in the New York area? Always lived in the New York area. Moved to Manhattan 30 years ago and have been here ever since. And you've been in the same apartment, right? I've had the luxury of having a rent-stabilized apartment for 30 years, yes. Mm-hmm. And would you call that the Murray Hill area, do you think? Or? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, you used, well, you're, can you just say a little bit about what you do, what you've done for a living? I know you're retired now, kind of, but. Yes. I had a beautiful job teaching in a high school around the corner from my house in Midtown Manhattan for 28 years. Loved teaching. I still would be teaching until I'm 99, but. The uh, Bloomberg uh, let the charter schools take over my public school, and it was time I had a lot of time in, so I left. But I I loved my job, and I I never had a problem in my public school that I taught at. And so these days, I mean, you've kind of been watching what's going on with the coronavirus, with uh, COVID-19. And can you think back to when, I mean, when you first heard about it? Uh, what did you think about it? Uh, when I first heard it, it was nothing to me. I went dancing on the weekend. I, I didn't take it seriously. But when they started, when they started closing down the St. Patrick's Parade, all my dances were canceled. A Broadway was shuttered. When that happened, I, I, I accepted it. I took it seriously. But I think mm-hmm. it's going it's it's gonna age me and fatten me up because I can't do the things that I normally do. <laughs> so I mean if it doesn't kill me, it's definitely going <laughs> to wind up doing that. <laughs> but wait, like what are you so you're not dancing and those have that does those dance halls close pretty quickly? They closed like dominoes, Ronit. One mm-hmm. after the other after the other. Everything is is down everything. Mm -hmm. So I normally would go dancing 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, sometimes Monday night would be swing. And it's gone. Everything is gone. You can't go dancing if you wanted to here. Forget it. But, you know, we still have restaurants open. We still have shopping, you know, and I'm, and the Board of Ed, they're still having classes. Uh, Mm. The mayor doesn't want to close down the classes yet, but he's getting a lot of pressure. What do you think? I don't think it would be a good idea because these kids need structure and they're better off being supervised from nine to three than being out on the street. They are naturally going to cluster with their friends. They're not going to. The parents would have a tough time to keep them, you know, isolated and they're going to wind up with groups anyway. So Mm -hmm. um, it's not a good idea. And they get fed in school. So I, 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 and he and you know he's right he just said over the tv that he's afraid that the kids will never come back for the rest of the term if he you know if he ordains that the schools close yeah mhm it's a tough call right because you have so many people on both sides and i completely see the the merit in keeping them in school especially like even here in seattle there's a lot of concern for underserved children and food you know service for them and how they're going to get what they need because some kids you know get the best care in school than they'll ever get at home right yeah. they they get more concern for their well-being and more watchfulness over them than they do at home and so that's frightening. And then there's also this other side of the argument, which is, well, we need to protect the teachers and we need to, you know, lower this curve here. So I wonder if he's going to bow to the pressure. Well, you know, this is a working city and we have a lot of single parents who are working and he's, he understands that, you know, he, he doesn't want to, if the kids aren't in school, then the parents can come to work. And there's a big, uh, there's a big, you know, everything will will stop, you know? So um, Mm -hmm. he's afraid of that too, because, you know, Manhattan is work, work, work. I mean, you can't avoid the crowds. Yeah. Is it, is it still crowded outside? Because you do a lot of walking, right? Oh, yes. People, yeah. I mean, it's a little thinner than normal, uh, but, you know, you will never avoid crowds in New York City at the street corners, you know, in Midtown. You just, it's not going to be isolated that much. I mean, yes, Broadway is Mm -hmm. deserted um, because there are no Broadway Mm. shows, which is unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) So um, Mm -hmm. this is really very major. And then, you know, finding out that France has shuttered their cafes and restaurants, it's very, it's very, very scary. Um, I'm trying not to, to, you know, get intimidated by it, but uh, I can understand people freaking out, you know? Yeah, I mean, you have been in the city for so many years now that I wonder if this rattles you at all. I mean, I guess the only other very jarring time, would you agree, would be like 9-11? That's right, 9-11. But you know what? 9-11 was, was really bad. I didn't, I didn't travel the airplanes for 11 years after 9-11, seeing those planes go into the buildings with the innocent people and I missed your wedding because of 9-11 and your sister's wedding. And mm-hmm. I even had tickets on the airline to go. I didn't have the nerve to get on the plane. That's how scared I was from 9-11. But this, this is scary because everything has shut down. This is scary. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've mm-hmm. never seen, I've never, you know, we've never been in a situation where we can't go out to enjoy the things that we love. 
that's never happened. Are you surprised that people are listening to an extent that they're listening to this extent about the? No, I'm not surprised at all because the media is very, very forceful. It's on 24 hours a day cable. Everyone is terrified from what they're seeing on TV, and I I can't blame people for panicking. Even though I'm 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 under control, I'm not panicking. Yeah. I'm not going and buying a million um, sanitary products. You know, I'm not doing that. You know, but. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes. So, you know, no one knows what's going to happen next. I mean, if the predictions are right, then things are going to escalate. And then hopefully if our social distancing works, then everything will hopefully start to settle down a little bit. So in your gut, like, I know you can't tell the future, but how, how long do you think we're in this for this kind of altered living? Okay. Well, that's what is very intimidating, thinking that this is going to go on for a long time, because I'm okay now, you know, I could take it for a week or two, a couple of weeks, but more than that, it would really be suffering. Mm-hmm. And not only for me, but for everyone who can't enjoy the things they want. I mean, thank God we have water, we have shelter, we have air, pure air, you know, we have all that, so we can survive. Right, right. And and so then... What I'm thinking about a lot is like I'm not a big cook. I mean, I've bought some things to cook with, and I know you don't cook too much, right? Uh, no, I, I don't cook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm being very subtle. I don't want to I don't want to like you know overstate that because that's your story to tell. But like, are you at all worried? Because I know that if everything that I normally do closes, I'm going to really have to cook a lot more. Do you think about that you know, at all? I don't think about that at all because I'm, I have the luxury of being in midtown Manhattan where everything is still open and takeout is available and there's food everywhere. I live on top of a supermarket. I can't envision, you know, <laughs> I can't envision running out of food for one person, you know, yeah. and and I can't, you yeah. know, I can't envision going buying meat and buying all these things to cook, but I'm in a different position because I'm not in a family situation. So, you know, families yeah. have to do these things, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's not difficult. I do worry about the extroverts in our society. You know, I do worry about people who really need to see people. And I've already been invited to two virtual happy oh, hours, wow. actually, <laughs> by moms. One with my my mom group from newborn children. We've been friends since we had our babies. And they've invited me for like wine over, you know, Skype or whatever. And then some high school friends just invited me to, to drink and eat cheese with them virtually tomorrow. Um, but they're all on the East Coast. So for me, it'll be two o'clock in the afternoon. So it's probably going to be day sipping for me. But I thought it was really funny. Like, leave it to the moms to figure out a way to continue happy hour. Oh, it's 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 become a virtual <laughs> paradise, a virtual world. You know, I I think we're just in a race against time right now. I do. I feel confident that there will be some solutions and some mitigating ways to help with this. But um, I know it's going to be a while. And from what I'm reading, we just need to try to really help alleviate the toll on healthcare workers and hospitals and just hope that the onslaught is like a lot slower than it was in Italy, you know, and South Korea and China, because that that's when the real danger is, is when people can't get the care they need and the ventilators are gone and things like that. So look what happened at the air, look what happened at the airports, the president's unthought out plan to make everybody come home, Americans come home from Europe 
Did you see those crowds in the airport and they're waiting on yes. lines for hours and hours? That's a breeding ground. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it really wasn't thought out. I think the management has not been oh, good terrible. and it's it does not look good either. Is there anything is there anything that makes you hopeful? I I I just want to yeah, I want to be positive and uh I want to be hopeful. Is there anything that makes me hopeful right now? It's it's looking pretty bleak when I heard about Paris uh, I, I said, oh my goodness, you know, and uh, all these countries that are so affected. So am I hopeful? I'm basically a very optimistic person. I don't, I remember, I always say fear sells. It sells a lot of vaccines. It sells a lot of surgery. Fear is the number one component that if you click into it and you let it rule you, it can take you down, spiral you down. So I try to be steadfast and hopeful, optimistic, but uh, mm -hmm. I don't know any more than anybody else does. And I can't say that uh, one thing makes me optimistic. Right now, it's very scary, the whole scenario. Mm -hmm. I agree. I hope that... Um, I hope that we're having a different conversation in a couple of weeks, you know. I hope that, you know, maybe I can call you in a couple of weeks and check in and hear some, you know, movement in a positive direction. That would be so great. It would be. You know, so that's it. I guess just to uh, enjoy what you do have. Mm -hmm. And thank God that we do have what we do have. And that's all we can do. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. It's my pleasure and it's wonderful to speak with you and to communicate with you about this subject, I about any you. subject. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Shasha. All right, sweetheart. Thank you. I'm speaking with Pelan Ku, who lives in Taiwan, and she's a teaching artist and she has the comedy podcast Orchid. Hey, Pelan. Hey, Ronit, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are things in Taiwan right now? Things are actually settling down. They're normalizing. They're just normalizing. We just kind of came in. I um, came out of um, a social distancing slash self-quarantine time um, just last mm -hmm. week. Just last week where all the schools are going up. I'm in Seattle and we're, things are changing so quickly here. We right now have right. Uh, restaurants and bars have just closed. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, and so we're like weeks before where you guys were. So can you talk a little bit about how the coronavirus like uh, emerged it, where you live and everything and, and what you understand about okay. what happened? Okay. So, so um, we got, uh, Taiwan's got hold of um, the fact, just in case, People don't know where Taiwan is. Taiwan is a little island right off of the cusp of um, um, China, nearby the Fujian province. Okay, so so we're actually very close, and we actually have very close ties to China. A lot of us have families there. A lot of um, people have businesses there. So we're constantly going back and forth China. So we heard of Taiwan had heard of the virus when 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 it just when China opened it up. So I'm not going to say like when China started, but I mean, when, when things happened, but when China, so the second we heard rumors about something happening, um, 
Taiwan already took steps to do certain things. So before we even got like when we got single digits of cases of the coronavirus in Taiwan, um, our government shut down. Um, only citizens can come back to Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So we started like the second we heard. We didn't. We didn't. Um, our government, um, you know, did not did not even think about it. We just we just stop all travel. Um, if you're not a citizen from China, you can't fly in. Mm-hmm. And that started right after New Year's. So it was like, wow, that's so early. Of, yes, that's what I'm saying. Because supposedly things started merging in December. Uh-huh. In China, like in the mainland, you mean? In China, mm-hmm. in China. So I'm not going to say like things, you know, things started coming out. I don't know when it started, you know, because mm-hmm. there's, you know, everybody is saying different things. Um, but in Taiwan, because we have um, kind of tense political um, situations with them, especially we just had an election process mm-hmm. that, you know, um, Anyway, but <laughs> do we could ask you a question? Paylon, are you yeah. like you know, you don't have to elaborate on this, but are you not at liberty to like really talk at you know, like freely about oh, that? No, 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 no. I, I I totally, but it's just like it's just it, there's a lot of history between China and Taiwan. Yeah. And 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 people in Taiwan, um, their our political parties are literally separated by people that want to be independent of China completely. Mm-hmm. And then people where um, that's, you know, my, my family, because my family is not originally Taiwanese, mm-hmm. where we came after 1949. Mm-hmm. So our last um, presidential election um, was maybe just a few weeks right before um, Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. So um, that our president now wants to be independent. So... So when this happened, our president was very happy to be like, let's cut off ties for China. <laughs> so it, it was a political, it was actually a political thing, but it kind of saved us. Mm-hmm. It kind of like really helped us and guarded us um, from, from the virus, mm-hmm. you know? And, and at that point, everybody in Taiwan, I mean, we weren't freaking out because we, we were still, again, in single digits. Yeah. Um, um, but everybody kind of came together. Mm-hmm. The president, act, um, the president had about, I would say, I would say maybe about a week and a half to maybe maybe two weeks in it. In um, the first vi- first few viruses coming in, actually sent um, a text message, a presidential text message, and my number on my phone is an American number, mm-hmm. and I got the text message. Wow. Okay. And it told us what to do. And it mapped out, it, it even had an interactive map on where you can see the people that were affected. Interesting. To not go. Yes. So they were extremely proactive, very, very quickly. Yes. On. We didn't wait for whatever. And they didn't care about the economy. Yes. They only cared about the safety. So that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing between. Taiwan and I would say the Western countries, mm-hmm. you know, like Europe and America, where the first thing on your mind 
or you know our government's you know in America mind is uh, our economy is going to ditch you know like stock market is yeah. going to go down and we're going to lose so much money and yeah you know over here in Taiwan we're such an, a little island it was just like the safety of the people mm-hmm. so do you know how many cases you had when it maxed out on in Taiwan like what was your max you know Oh, no, it's still going. It's still going. It's still going on right now. So right now, I think we're at, oh, like, you know, um, like 74 or something. Let me look at that. And do you guys have deaths there? We have one death. Yes, we do. And that was, and that was death, early on. And then- that was very early on, too. And it was, um, it was, it was a guy that was 60, 65 or 67 years old, and he had mm-hmm. um, pre-existing conditions. Did you guys have testing? Do you have tests available? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we have universal health care. So that's that's mm-hmm. a really big difference between, you know, let's say Taiwan and America. We have a universal health care. So the first thing that was implemented, um, besides protecting the citizens, was that um pretty much everything was covered. So I mean mm-hmm. it 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 ended, you know, so we 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 had the testing. Uh, we're actually inventing testing that can be done within 24 hours. So Korea has wow. their own testing process and everything. So a lot of the Asian countries, what a lot of people don't understand too, is that because Asia has been such a mecca of manufacturing, we're mm-hmm. quite an independent island where mm-hmm. um, we don't rely on any other countries. We can actually live here like by ourselves. Because we're such a manufacturing, you know, like, you know, the, the biggest import export for Taiwan is plastics. So we do everything mm-hmm. from semiconductors to your Tupperware, anything mm-hmm. with plastic in it. So, so when it comes down to certain things like that, you know, um, that's when also the WHO did work with uh, um, our uh, CDC and, mm-hmm. and you, know, you know, things were in motion. So it wasn't. It wasn't like it. It wasn't like we're completely independent, but we have the resources to manufacture certain things, and we don't mm-hmm. have to like check mark. You know, you know. And in America, it's it's all about you know check this, check this, make sure that this person's happy. You know, the big pharmaceuticals to see how much right. money's been pumping out. You guys don't have. We don't. You know, we don't have universal health care in America. You know, so it's it, you know all of that stuff. Um, you know. Yeah, so we did have the tests. We did have the tests, and, and you have you have perspective on this because you you've lived in the U.S. So I mean, yes, you, I, you're living I in Taiwan in, now. Yeah, I grew up in I grew up in the U.S. and this is the longest I've been in Taiwan, which has been um, about uh, seven months now, seven eight months mm-hmm. throughout my lifetime. And do you have opinions about how we're handling it in the U.S.? You know, I, you know, on my social media and a lot of my friends, you know, they all know that I'm here in Taiwan and now Taiwan is such a huge example of, of, you know, what's going on and what countries should do. It's so easy for people to say that, but it's so hard because first of all, one biggest thing, let's say if we're just, if we're just comparing America and, and Taiwan. Taiwan's a tiny little island. We have universal health care. Um, and those are two big things. And so if we wanted to shut down our, our country, it's actually quite easy. 
Um, when people couldn't go to work, did the, did the government like help them with, you know, paychecks or anything or like, what's the plan in place in Taiwan? Like, like I said, the only thing, the only things that were closed down were schools, Mm. you know, like that was the only thing. So, so, and we were in Chinese new year, um, break already. We were in winter Chinese New Year. Which actually helped. And it's interesting because they say that the kids, you know, it's funny that de Blasio was holding off on the schools because, you know, and and our schools were closed. Our schools in Seattle are closed until late April, um, period. And so um, even though people like to say, well, kids aren't big victims of this, usually of the coronavirus, you know, so why are you closing schools? Oh, they're they're carriers. Right, exactly. Oh, they're carriers. It seems like Taiwan understood that early. Um. Oh no, but the, but but they understood this also because they they took a lot of the things from SARS and they p- implemented it into this yeah. too. And they said it themselves that you know they they said it themselves all all the things that were happening that's happening now that the government um, did um, it was already it was written written down because of mm-hmm. SARS, which makes America's so, response yeah. seem even more confounding. Um, America, I don't think has gone through something like this. Maybe, maybe the Ebola, maybe. Yeah. A little bit, but I mean, I think we always feel so protected. First of all, I had no idea that this was happening in December. I was aware of it with the Chinese new year. And I think. No, that, that is where Taiwan already knew. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying when it comes down to politics and when it comes down to actually distance. Um, Taiwan, after everything came out, the news reported that the Taiwan government already started knowing mm-hmm. in December. So, so what was going on, you know? Um, but we didn't take action until late after, you know, late January after that. So it, it, it took maybe like a month of maybe even to, to even really react from that. I, I don't know about America, but um, Taiwan knew that it was not contained. Mm-hmm. Definitely in, the, in our news, it was just like, <laughs> it is not contained. <laughs> we need to contain ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, okay, all right. Um, you know, like, you know, I, I don't think we should focus on the negative. I definitely think we should like move on. We should, you know, everything that everything that's happening. But but the first thing that I knew that my American friends in America were saying um, was that racism, especially in New York City, started ramping up on Asians. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the virus. It was about getting the virus. It was about <laughs> this person on the train yelling at this Asian and to get away from them. This person, you know, in school. And, you know, I mean, so the first thing that I saw that connected America to the virus was racism. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then... They started saying how China is not being transparent, all these inhumane things that were happening in China. So again, it's about the Chinese doing whatever, the Asians doing whatever. It wasn't about the virus. 
Okay. But in Asia, mm-hmm. it was about the virus. <laughs> it's freaking mm-hmm. like spreading. So we were, so mm-hmm. it's, we started counting, you know, how, I mean, literally, I remember watching when I was self, you know, distancing, socially distancing already in the beginning. And, and it was, it was my, it was the government actually didn't tell us to socially distance. We just did it all ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. and it was, it really had a lot to do. I mean, with the fact that they literally, you know, each case on the news would be like, we got, we got one more, we got one more, we got two more. And this is where they were in Taiwan. I mean, they literally pinpointed. So we were, everybody was like, kind of like tracking, like who did this, what, you know, who, who got it, how old were they, you know? So we were, we were actually focused on the virus. And then I go to mm-hmm. social media and it's just all about like, no one's going to Chinatown. Chinatown is being, you know, discriminated. I mean, it was just all about racism. And you guys weren't yep. focused on the actual virus hitting you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> do you, what, what do you think? Like, when do you think, or do you think life in Taiwan will be more relaxed or back to normal soon? Um, we are just normalizing now. Um, and like I said, last just last week, all the colleges are open. But, mm. but we are watching the world and people are coming back, you know, because we, we do have a good amount of foreign students. Um, you know, um, we're a little island, but we're, 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 we're quite wealthy too. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of students that are abroad. We have a lot of people that were vacationing. And they're coming back with the virus from other countries like Italy. Hmm. So where we, who knows, our government might start doing another, you know, self-quarantine again, because it was just this week where we got the most cases in one hmm. week. Just this week, we got 17 cases, which in the past, hmm. it wasn't that much within a week. And that is kind of scaring us. So who knows what our government would do? We, we might go into another, you know, self-quarantine, you know, um, and mm-hmm. they might. And it was it was it was a student. It was a junior high school student that didn't self-quarantine after a trip to Italy. Wow. Yes. And. They're scared now that they infected the entire school. So they, that entire school was in a quarantine right now. Do you have any advice for us over here? I mean, I'm in Seattle, which is one of the biggest places right now. The best thing to do is it's a, it's a lifestyle change until even, even after you guys, I, you know, you know, de-isolate yourself and you guys slowly come out, you know, we're not going to find a vaccine until 18 or two years from now. You know what I'm saying? this kind of has to be a lifestyle until Mm -hmm. we find a vaccine. You know, I I don't say socially isolate yourself like this, but you, you have to make little like habits, living habits. I mean, but overall, you know, I would look to the scientists and the WHO, like wash your hands, (laughs) cover your mouth with your elbows when you're doing Mm -hmm. this. All of that stuff, if everybody does that, you know, when you 
when you get out of your quarantine, when you get out of this like social distancing, you mm-hmm. still have to practice those things. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't, I mean, Asian cult- cultures, we don't, you know, we, we walk, um, we leave our shoes like, you know, either outside or yeah. on a, in an area, right? We never walk in with our, with our street shoes. We have slippers where we walk barefoot and stuff like that. Those are the type of things that, those are the habits, you know, like take off your shoes before you come mm-hmm. into the house, change your clothes before you do, you know, like those are the, those, those are the habits that will keep you safe, but it's really up to you whether you, whether you want yeah. to do it, you know, cause it's out there. I mean, like I said, the scientists are, are writing all this stuff t- for us to take care of ourselves. It's really, you know, so my tip is, do what you really want to do to keep you protected and to keep your loved ones protected, you know? Um, but it's a lifestyle change. I, I, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, until they find a vaccine, it, it is absolutely a lifestyle change. It's great to hear you, you give your insight from so far away from me. Like, it's just great to have your perspective. Um, yeah, if people want to, yeah, I'm so glad you were on. <laughs> if people want to find you, where can they find your podcast? Oh, okay. You can find me. I, I'm just on Apple Podcast and uh, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and you could. I, I think you might have to write like Orchid Podcast. Okay, um, and I'll send some it. links. I'll put some links on the show notes too. I have a website that you could just automatically. It's just Orchid-Consulting.com, but I'll also send it to you too. So, so um, cool. But yeah, my 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 my. My biggest advice to you, to you is just be safe and keep on fighting. And that's what the WHO says. Just keep on fighting. Don't give up. Like don't <laughs> don't rely on the government. Don't rely on just just mm-hmm. just do you and your family and people around around you, loved ones. Thank you so much, Pelan. I take good care of yourself and thank you for giving me some time and and some insight into what life is like over there. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And, um, you know, just like I said before, just take care of yourselves. Just take care of yourselves. Wow, you made it to the end. Two coasts, three continents, and conversations that I hope offered some insight, reassurance, perspective, useful information going forward these next couple of weeks and months. And if you enjoyed this kind of um, format and you'd like me to do another episode in this vein, just let me know at atecpodcast.com or on the Facebook page, which is And Then Everything Changed, or on Twitter or on Instagram. Um, on most social media, you can find me in the podcast and I'd love to hear from you. Um, let me know what's working. Let me know what you want more of. I'm happy to go find some more people to interview about their experience with COVID-19. Um, in the meantime, every week, my episodes with individual guests will continue. Um, but I do want to be responsive and as current as I can be. Um, thank you so much for listening and take good care of yourself. Thank you for listening to, and then everything changed for more information on this episode, photos, community discussion, and other episodes, please visit atecpodcast.com. You can also find, and then everything changed on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
And if you like this podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.